This week's parsha is Vizos Habracha, kind of the forgotten parsha, because it comes in the middle of the Moadim, and most people speak about the Moadim, not the parsha. I was planning on doing the same, but I came across this uh, fascinating medrash that I had to share with you. Medrash is on the topic of Misas Moshe, which we spoke about in Parshas Veschanon, but as always, there's uh, with Torah, there's always more and more to discover and more and more to say. So anyway, the last medrash in the Medrash Rabbah speaks about the death of Moshe Rabbeinu, and it's a fascinating medrash. The medrash says that Moshe Rabbeinu originally wasn't so, uh, imp- it was, he felt that it would be a light matter to take care of. He says, if I was able to get forgiveness for Klai Yisrael from the Chet HaEgel and from the Meragul, Chet Meragul, when they were dust, when Hashem said, I'm going to wipe them out, and I was able to get them slicha and forgiveness, then I'll probably be able to deal with this too. And so it says he didn't even rush to Davin. And it says that since Hashem saw that it was light in his eyes, and he didn't come to Davin, so Hashem ju- jumped quickly and swore that he would never be able to enter Eretz Yisrael. And I believe Aaron Velilopian pick up on the fact that it seems that there was a missed opportunity here, and that's part, there was some critique of Moshe Winner for not being quick enough to Davin, not feeling the urgency of the Tsar, of the Tsara, and therefore maybe that part of being his liability for why he was not able to, in the end, to be Mavatalis Gezerah. But anyway, the Medrash is fascinating. It goes, not sure how much of it is meant to be taken literally. The Yosef says a lot of this is deep Amok and Ramazim, but there's a lot of back and forth between Moshe Rabbeinu and his Tfilas, and Hashem locking up the gates of heaven to make sure they don't get in, and the trembling of the Malachim, and there's a part where Hashem tells the Malachim to go and take and convince Moshe, take Moshe Rabbeinu's Neshama, which the Mepharshim say means... Obviously, he's going to die in a of a Baruch Hu. It means to convince his neshama to be ready to leave the body. And he sends Gabriel, who's the one, normally the Malach who takes people's lives. The Malach of is Samoel, Malach of Esav. But the, when a person, apparently Gabriel takes people when it's time to be taken through the Midas Aden. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends Gabriel. And Gabriel says, how can I take Moshe Benu with Shoko Keneged, the whole Kaisra? Now Hashem sends Samael, and Samael comes with his sword, and Moshe Rabbeinu says to him, a whole liturgy, he says, So Moshe Rabbeinu, I'm just reading this part just because I think before we say Devar Torahs on Moshe Rabbeinu, just to appreciate who Moshe Rabbeinu was, the Medrash says that, you know, remember Moshe's Adam Adam, but the Maal, Samael comes to him, and he says, you won't be able to, you think you have the cock to take me? He's just because you take everybody else? He says, I was born Mohol, I was born with a bris milah, I didn't need a bris milah. Nate Joseph explains that the bris milah is a form of tikkun hamidos, and he didn't need tikkun hamidos. He was born with shalim dikamidos, and he says the day that I was born, I was already able to speak, and I was able able to walk. And he says I was three months old. I already prophesied that I was going to be the one to be makabel the Torah. And he says I already put my I already put the crown on my head from Paro. I was eighty years old. I made all these miracles in Mitzrayim, and I took the whole Yisrael out. I split the Yamsuf. I changed the water into sweet water. I uh, I dwelled in Shemayim with the Malachim and battled with them over the Torah. And I spoke Panim B'Panim to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And I was Mechabah the Torah and I taught it to the entire Klai Yisrael. It says I did Mochama with Sichon and Og. And it says in this Medrash, different than the famous Medrash about Og's heel being 30 almost tall. Over here it says that they were so tall that that's why the, that's why the marble couldn't kill them. They were too big. And he says, you think you'll be able to defeat me? And the, some all Hashem sends, 
you know, Samal comes with his sword, and Moshe Rabbeinu comes with the mata, and it says that he blinds Samal, whatever that means. And it's a fascinating medrash, and eventually HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes and separates Moshe Rabbeinu's neshama from his body. But there's a fascinating back and forth here. Anyway, there's a lot more to this medrash, but there's a part of the medrash where Moshe pleads before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he says, if I can't come into Eretz Yisrael, at least let me, st- let me stick around Olam Haz, and I'll stay in Chutzlaretz. Hashem says, nobody, uh, it says in the Torah that nobody gets out of here alive. So Moshe says, So if you don't let me come into Eretz Yisrael, at least let me be an animal in the field. I'll eat grass, I'll drink water, and I'll be in this world. I'll see the world like an animal. Hashem says, you're asking for beyond what's beyond you. Hashem says, so let me be a bird. Let me fly around in the sky, and I'll collect food every day, and I'll go back to a coop every night, and that'll be me. And Hashem says, Ravloch. And he says, nobody survives death. And Moshe was said, He appreciated the Mishpah that nobody gets away from Misa. Rafundir deals with why Elio Anovi was different. But anyway, so it's a puzzling idea that Moshe Benu would say, can I at least stick around as a bird or an animal? I was very confused by it. Because um, even worse than Gehenim, the Sefer Shomer Amunim has a whole, has a whole section called Meseches Gehenim, which... So one of the more intense pieces I've ever read. I don't recommend it. And he speaks about the idea that that much worse than being in Gehenna is coming back to this world and feeling the tsar of an animal or a bird who has the mind of a human being and is trapped in the in a certain sense he has that awareness, but he's trapped in living like an animal and he experiences that bizayon. So why would Moshe Rabbeinu be asking him to go through that? So I Joseph again that this is not to be taken at face value. Uh, but Rav Chaim Shmulevitz and Rav Shach take it at face value. And Rav Shach's chat was so simple, it, was, it surprised me very much. Rav Shach says very simple in the Machshavah Samosar. He says that, Everything Hashem creates in this world was for Kavod. The whole world is created for Kavod Shemayim. Everything exists is in a sense, certain sense is about Kavod Shemayim. And there's a Pasuk in the Navi, that a person could look and say, who created all these? A person could be impressed by everything in the world. It can increase his appreciation of, of, of Hashem's world and of Kavod Shemayim. So in that sense, a fascinating animal, a beautiful bird. It could be a vehicle for Kavod Shemayim. And that's what Moshe Rabbeinu is asking for. Hit me, you know, Rosh Hashanah make all these tunes, but just the idea that he's saying is this idea that with all the bazaar and with all the suffering that would come with being a bird, but the fact that he could be a vehicle for Kavod Shemayim, for him that would supersede everything, that would supersede going and sitting where he's destined to be. All he cares about is to be a vehicle for Kavod Shemayim. It's a beautiful idea, this idea of how much Moshe grew and gained from his relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and how much his desire was all about Kavod Shemayim, that it gave him the selflessness that this is this for him this would be a good existence and for him this would be worth it. Just reminds me, I've been reading recently the Kloisenberger Rebbe book. It's a book about how he uh, survived the Holocaust. And just, if you read that book, it's just mind-blowing how somebody whose whole focus is Kavod Shemayim, the emotional strength that it gives him. He just He's on a different realm than anything you've ever heard. It's unbelievable. And that's somebody who lived not that long ago, somebody people today alive have met. And that's part of what we celebrate on the Simchas Torah. We celebrate the beauty of what we have, that we were given such an opportunity, such meaning in life, such a connection to Torah, the opportunity to have such a selfless existence, such a beautiful existence. Maybe take it, maybe grow from it, may it be a Zman Simcha for us. Wish you a good Shabbos and a wonderful Yom Tov.